energy is either moving or it's stuck and it's in the right place or the wrong place. And if it's in the wrong place, you want to bring it back to the right place or get it out of where it doesn't belong. Hey there, freedom lovers, and welcome to yet another wonderful interview we feature here on the Freedom Media Network. Uh, We are focused on helping you live your life of joy, fulfillment, and freedom, and each and every one of our guests supports that mission. We hope we can help you learn and, and provide you the tools that you need, and if you need more help beyond that, you can contact our wonderful guests. They're always Their info is always in the show notes about how they can help you learn to live that life of joy, fulfillment, and freedom. And as I've done the past several episodes, I'm going to give you a freebie. If you take out your smartphone, I know you probably already have it out. You're probably texting people or checking social media anyways. Take out, open your messaging app, and text the word FREEMAN, F-R-E-E-M-A-N, all one word, to the number Five five six seven eight. You text that, and what's going to happen is I'm going to send you a link in return. When you click on that link, you have access to my free Freedom Lifestyle audio course. The only cost to you is taking out your smartphone. It's probably out anyways. Put it to use for you. Text FREEMAN to 55678. So let's jump into today's episode. I'm really excited to welcome Dr. Lori Weiss. She's a psychotherapist, coach, and author. A wonderful book that I had the pleasure of reading this past week called Letting It Go. She's helped more than 60,000 individuals reclaim life, energy, and find joy in life for more than four decades. She's taught professionals in 13 countries and authored 13 books. That must be your lucky number, 13. That makes complex information accessible to anyone. You can actually access her free Reduce Worry Starting Now program if you go to loriweiss.com. We'll put that in the show notes. Dr. Weiss, thank you so much for joining us today. It's my pleasure. I'm delighted to join you. You know, it's... um, Everything in your book, everything in what we're going to talk about, probably a, a term that I had never heard before and some others have never heard, logosynthesis, um, all comes back to something we talk about a lot and discuss a lot on this program, which is energy. Um, so I'd love to ask you, you know, when people hear about energy and they may say, say things like, oh, I sat down next to that person, I got a bad vibe for them. But then if you or I talk to them about energy, they think it's somehow like magic, woo-woo, mystical stuff. And they say, I don't even want to touch that spiritual stuff. Can you share uh, with our audience, some of whom are new to these modalities, the concept of energy and why it's so important to our lives? You know, that is one of the toughest questions I've ever been asked. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I had a teacher once, um, very important teacher to me. And he said, nobody knows what energy is. We Hmm. think we know. And there are words for it in every culture. And we use it. We use the concept. And we don't know exactly what it is. Uh, One way I like to think about it is that if you're trying to map a city, you can map the trees in the city. You can map the footpaths in the city. Hmm. You can map the roads in the city. You can map the sewers in the city. They're all maps of the city, and they're all true. From our point of view, as a psychotherapist for years, I learned that the story was the important thing, Hmm. how we talked about the story. And then I learned about the glue that holds the story together and that created the story in the first place. And to me, that's the energy. The energy is what either flows or doesn't, that makes us feel alive or not. Because for living things, energy is supposed to flow. And if it doesn't, or if it gets stuck somewhere, then we feel bad, we feel constricted, we feel stuck in some way. And so that's the way I conceptualize working with it. But I don't know what it is. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's almost like a uh, when boulders fall off a mountain and dam up the river. Mm-hmm. 
right? That, that water is stopped. Now the water can find a way. And my wife and I went to the Hoover Dam recently and, and we stopped by there. And it's funny how we humans think, oh, we've controlled nature. We haven't controlled it. The energy is bottling up behind it. I mean, that's why the dam has to be so big, right? Because mm-hmm. and, and how does that happen with a, with a human? If we avoid or we bottle things up, what happens to that energy within us? Well, when we're born, our energy is flowing freely. Mm. And then we can hit all kinds of situations, whether we're tiny, 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 or, you know, 50 years old. And we can't manage them for some reason. What, what we do doesn't have an effect on the world, the way we expect it to, the way we want it to. And when, when we get uncomfortable with that, we can't manage it. It's un, it hurts in some way. And so we manage to close it up, to scrunch it up, to freeze it so that we don't feel it anymore. And then we put a shell around it. Hmm. And the more shells and the more frozen things we have, the more separated we are from the source of the energy. And people call the source of the energy the true self. They call the source of the energy God. They call the source of the energy the universe. Uh, There are many, many things, but it's that energy source that keeps us going, that can get blocked when we simply don't know how to manage something in our circumstances. You you were a therapist long before... um you came upon logosynthesis, which oh, we'll yes. talk more about. And in your book, you, you, you write of a specific circumstance. I think it was regarding uh, noise. Uh, and I think it was in a, re- was it in a restaurant? Uh, yes. Or am I conflating two, two stories? No, no, there? This is my favorite story. <laughs> and, and, and it's obvious. You said you tried breathing and tapping, which I teach our clients. Mm-hmm. But so you had these modalities. You, you were a therapist and then you came upon this new form of therapy did it how did that coincide and align with what you already knew and were already helping people with and why was it kind of that next step well first of all i thought that the breathing had worked Mm. and that the tapping had worked and i was pretty calm after my incident at the restaurant where i was overwhelmed with noise and intensity and food that I couldn't eat and things like that. And I thought I was ready to go. Mm. And a friend who happens to be a psychiatrist came out and he said, you know, what, are you okay? I said, sure, I'm fine. And he said, tell me what happened. And I explained to him that I was going along, going along, and then the heavier the noise got, all of a sudden I sort of scrunched in. My body went, and I had thought I'd release that. And he said, do you want to try an experiment? You know, say these words with me. And I trusted them, trusted him a lot. And I said, sure. So we're standing in the parking lot, and he has me say these words and just repeat them. I don't know what I'm saying. It doesn't make any sense to me. And all of a sudden, I felt an incredibly profound relaxation. Hmm. And at that point, it was like, is this the stuff you've been talking about that I thought was crazy? Hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then it was like, I was ready to retire at that point. And it was, (laughs) oh, um, okay, I got to learn about it. You know, tell me more. And then he set up training for my, it it was in Nova Scotia and we were traveling almost every weekend that fall. And he set up a training on the only weekend we could come Hmm. just so that we could be there and do it. Uh, We were longtime colleagues. And so I went and I did not really understand what I'd been doing, but I'd been involved in spiritual studies for many years, and I somehow managed to to do things, and I decided to try it. 
So the next weekend, I think it was, or the weekend after, anyhow, very soon after, my husband and I were on a cruise. And it was a, a group cruise of um, internet marketers at that time. And we said, we learned this new tool. We don't know what it means. We have no idea why it works, but we're, we need to practice. And if anybody wants to practice, you know, come see us. And so we started practicing. And the first person that I practiced with was a woman who was standing on the edge of the, uh, who, who was standing back. We were all on the edge of the boat, you know, looking out and waving goodbye like that. And she was standing back and I said, here, there's room for you at the rail. Come join us. And she said, oh, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. I might fall over. Have you ever been on a cruise boat? I haven't. I haven't. Okay. I've avoided it. I probably have some beliefs that prevent me from going on cruises. Okay. Well, we can work on those later if you like. <laughs> the, the cruise boat rail hits me about here. I'm about 5'4". Mm. So, you know, it, it, and she was about the same height. So to fall off a cruise ship takes a great deal of effort. But she was scared about it. And I said, I think maybe I could help with that if you like. And later on that night in the get-together party in a cocktail lounge on, on the ship, we were talking. I said, you know, you want to try it? So we went off in a corner. And I said those words for her. It's just three sentences. And... Then she said to me, uh, I think my gyroscope is broken. And I went, huh? <laughs> it was like, I don't know. All right. So we said the words again about her gyroscope, her internal gyroscope that was broken. And then all of a sudden she looked up and she said, now I can ride on escalators too. And I was stunned. <laughs> like you are. Yeah. She's like, what is going on here? I have no idea. And I kept practicing, playing with it. And uh, she was great. She had no more problems. She brought me somebody who was seasick and said, does this work on seasickness? And not having a clue, I said, oh, of course it does. And tried it. And it turned out that what that woman was worried about was being stuck in her cabin. She'd always been seasick. She'd never been on a boat when she wasn't seasick. Hmm. And so we decided to do that. It turned out the energy was stuck in being left out, being stuck in her cabin. That was the picture she had in her mind. So we took the energy out of that picture, and she wasn't seasick anymore. Wow. And she never got seasick again on the boat. She even went on a small boat, and she didn't get seasick. And she was so excited, and it was I don't know exactly what's going on here, but I was totally intrigued and had to keep learning it. So that's how I got involved. I mean, wow. up until then, I was teaching developmental theory. I'm world, you know, world renowned, basically, for teaching people how to use developmental theory along with psychotherapy to heal the inner child. John Bradshaw hmm. gave us all kinds of praise, did intros to books and things like that. So this was just so intriguing. I had to keep learning. And what I learned had something to do with it's the story is useful up to a point. Hmm. But most of what we have as problems are reactions. And their reactions to some sort of event that either has happened in the past or we're afraid will happen in the future. And when we deal with the energy in that issue, it dissolves. And so there's no reason to have the problem. Hmm. And the problem goes away, like the seasickness. You have physical problems, not just a lot of people think of therapy and they think of Oh well, I'm just going to talk about my emotions and my thoughts. But you're you're talking about physical things here. That that doesn't work often. Physical things, really? Okay, it, it doesn't. I mean, well, probably you know about 
dense energy and light energy. And emotional energy is much easier to work with mm-hmm. than physical energy. That takes uh, an accident of faith or something because one of the things about in psychotherapy, I pretty well had a map about what I was doing and what would happen. And this process forces me to turn the process over to the universe, to universal energy, and to the internal healing process, whatever that is. Hmm. And I never know what's going to happen. You know, a client says, should I do it? No, we don't know. Your own process will make it work, not forcing it. You're not in control. That was the hardest thing hmm. for me. I'm not in control. And for my clients, we're not in control. Yeah, and you write about the letting go. And and that letting go is, like with my clients, it is, and for me, it's the biggest challenge. And it's, and it's, and it's so interesting. It's, it's the common theme in spiritual, all, you know, spiritual religious teachings. I mean, whether it's the gospel, Buddha, it's about letting go. And yet, all the conditioning and programming in our society is about grasping. Yes, because we have to. That's part of our development. We have to learn how to grasp. But it's a lot easier to grasp than to let go. Mm. You know, even even when you think about a baby, you have do you have children? Uh, four, yeah. Okay. Remember when they were babies and cribs and learned to pull themselves up? Yeah. And couldn't figure out how to get down again? And then you'd unhook them and they'd sit down and immediately they'd go up again. And it's a learning process, hmm. even at that level. The, the events that you talk about that might be an event in the past that is, that is stored energy. And in your book, you write about a, a, a young girl and her mom. And the mom is busy and the girl is just being a girl, a little kid, and is loud. And the mom says something like, says something that's innocent. Right, she doesn't mean ill will to the girl, like something like every time I'm trying to do something, you're loud or something, and that carries over to when the girl is fifty, right, or forty. Oh, yes. Is it stored in your subconscious? Is that where that energy gets stored or that memory? It's stored in some sort of brain pattern. Hmm. I don't think I could call it subconscious, hmm. but it's we we. When we're approaching problems, when we're trying to figure out how the world is, we make decisions about what the world is like and what we're like, because that's the, that's the challenge of every human being. Who am I? Who are you? Who are all these other people? And how do we fit together? And that's part of maturity. That's learning. And when we make decisions when we're little kids, we don't do it logically because kids don't have logic. Hmm. Kids do it, you know, the thunder goes off when I'm raising the light switch. You don't think about the coincidence. It's just, I made it thunder and that's scary. (laughs) And that might stick with you forever, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Back real quick to the letting go and attachment. You you write something in the book that I love this. I highlighted this line in the book. We need attachment for survival. And we need to let go for growth. Can you explain that a bit? Well, we grow up attached. And we're born, until we're born, we're attached. When we are born, our first job is to reattach in a different way. As we get into preschool, we need to attach to kids outside our parents. We need to find out what the world is like. People lived tribally and even developmentally. There's a tribal period. And when you go to school, you want to be with your friends, whoever they are. We are attaching over and over and over again because we're human beings and that's natural. But when you want to try something new, You can't keep doing it the old way. Hmm. And kids who are not traumatized particularly, I mean, we're all traumatized some, but kids who aren't traumatized particularly just go for new things. 
that are really excited and try it like that. But if we've been traumatized or, you know, even if we have a nature that says, I'm a little more timid, it's hard to try something new because it might not work. Mm. It might not work the way we let, the way we're used to it working or people might not like it and might ostracize us for trying it. So it's a real push and pull. And I'm sure you've had clients who, you know, I don't, you know, if I change, nobody will know me. Nobody, I wouldn't even know myself. They won't like me. Hmm. And that's what we have to take the risk of doing. And there is a risk. And some people have more tools than others. And getting those tools is still important. This is a tool, and this is a, a philosophy, and this is a way of, of working. But the, just the tools of navigating the world are important. Mm. Well, the, speaking of tools, so the, the tool, and mentioned this word before, logosynthesis, um, I, we're going to jump in and allow you to explain and use me as a, as a, uh, as a lab rat, uh, okay. <laughs> and doing it and showing how it works. But before we get there, can you, can you discuss kind of broadly what it is? Uh, we know how you came, I assume that, well, not, I assume I read it the book, but I assume people here are assuming that the person that you met at that restaurant used logosynthesis and you mentioned he used those words uh, yes. to help you. Uh, can you give us some background on Briefly, what logosynthesis is, we'll jump into it and show people what it is and where it comes from. Okay. Um, what it is, is a way of using words to move energy. It's that simple. Mm -hmm. And the, the refinement parts are figuring out what energy to move, figuring out where the energy is stuck, and learning how to move it. Hmm. And as I said before, energy is either moving or it's stuck, and it's in the right place or the wrong place. And if it's in the wrong place, you want to bring it back to the right place or get it out of where it doesn't belong. Hmm. And it was discovered more or less accidentally by Dr. Willem Lammers in Switzerland. And his quest he's a psychotherapist with all kinds of training he in europe people do a great deal of academic work and he kept thinking there's got to be an easier way spiritual work this and he there's got to be a, a better way than this painful stuff that people have to go through in order to heal and one day he was working as a consultant with a woman who had amnesia hmm. about and, and had trouble physically knowing where her body was. And this happened after an accident. And he intuitively asked her, she said something like a European metaphor of I'm standing beside my shoes, which is I'm a little bit out of my body. I don't know. And he, he saw that sort of uh, got an impression of it. If you've ever seen auras, you, yeah. you know that kind of thing. And he asked her to move back into her body. And somehow that clicked. And all of the memories that had been stored started pouring out. Mm. And the emotions that had been stored started pouring out. And by the time she was done, and this had been a very, very difficult, nobody had been able to work with her. She was comfortable in the world again. And it was like, he, what, you know, what happened here? Like any good researcher. Hmm. And started practicing and developing, and he's been doing it for the last 16 years. And it's been more and more things keep coming up. There are more and more possible protocols. I don't write about those. Uh, he does at this point. Uh, but it's quite remarkable. When I wrote this book, I think it was six years ago, 
and I've revised it since then because logosynthesis has developed further since then. Um, I thought this really is simple hmm. to do. It, it's not simple in concept, but just the, the way of doing it works. And it shouldn't be confined just to psychotherapists. And Dr. Lammers agreed with me hmm. and encouraged me to write it for the general public. And for a long time, it became the, the introductory text for professionals into logosynthesis. And he said, you know, do this first, then take the class and learn how. But that gives you a way to do it. And so people started doing it. And I kept getting all these letters on Amazon from people I didn't know and had no connection with saying it worked. Things I've been trying to do for years worked. Uh, it worked easily. I couldn't believe it. And hmm. so it, it's just learning the words and learning where to apply them. And learning the words is much easier than learning to apply them. I have to say that. Do you think that now you you had tried other modalities and and you had um, uh, been a spiritual person prior to the incident at the restaurant? I guess so. I, I was going to ask you know if if it hadn't worked for you and you hadn't experienced it yourself, is it something that would have uh, that you may have resisted a little bit because it went against maybe uh, everything you had been taught as a therapist? I had seen a presentation on it. Mm where it was presented intellectually and it made no sense at all. <laughs> and I dismissed it and went and learned something else that year. Hmm. Um, and it was the presentation by the friend who worked with me in the parking lot. <laughs> oh, really? Uh-huh. Which is why when I teach it, I never teach too much because you have to experience it for the most part before you believe in it. Yeah. And that, that was my experience. And many people have that, you know, I got to try this, you know, this doesn't make any sense. And it still doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me years later. And now I'm a master practitioner. Still doesn't make sense at times, but it works. I, yeah. I don't pretend to understand that level of the world. Hmm. But you let go right? <laughs> but I let go. Let go. But I let go. Well, speaking of experiencing it, shall we, shall we jump in and, and, and a, uh, so people can hear what the words are and, and before for everyone listening and watching before we got on, uh, Dr. Weiss asked me if I would like to, uh, experience logosynthesis in, in something that I have going on in my life. And I said, yes, anyone watching or, or listening knows that, I'm, I'm always willing to be uh, experimented upon. So, yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, is there something you'd like to work on or would you like to try the thing about, you know, you don't, you don't want to go on cruise ships? Yeah, the, the cruise ship thing is so small. But one thing that came into my head that I think might work is, is or something I've been thinking about or dealing with, especially uh -huh. over the last two weeks, is, you know, I've always uh, had... Um, uh, experiences, challenges, etc., with my weight and my body image. Going back to growing up, overweight, bullied, beat up, all that, and I've gotten in incredible shape, etc. One thing I've realized over doing some work, various work and, and energy work and, and things over the past year, <laughs> is that about 13 years ago, I actually created a belief that I had food allergies and intolerances and gluten and other things. And I, I realized that I had created it because it was easier to avoid foods if I said they were going to make me sick than if I had to rely on willpower. So I've cleared these things. I've done some other things physically. I can eat gluten. I can eat anything now. My issue is this. I have a, an anxiety which then sometimes translates into a little binge eating thing where, okay, I can have some gluten, but then it turns into like a loaf of bread. So it's kind of an anxiety, but there's that energy there translates <laughs> into, oh my gosh, 
<laughs> now that I can eat it and I, I'm not gluten intolerant, I'm going to balloon up. And then the next thing I know, I'm that energy translates into me doing the activity. I don't necessarily, <laughs> does that make sense? <laughs> yes. Well, yes and no, because it isn't logical. Right, 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 <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm writing down the words I heard hmm. so that I, do, I remember them exactly, and then I'll tell you what they were. What you said was the thing <laughs> that causes the anxiety is a belief that you're going to balloon up. Hmm. Is that fit for you? Oh, yeah. That's your words. Yes. And so I listened for where the energy shifted as you were talking. Hmm. And that's what—that's where it came up. I had this leap, and that's where the energy is. Hmm. So I'm going to have you, I'm going to say some words, and you've read them. Right now I'm coughing, so I'm, I hope I don't interfere with things. My throat is a little bit dry. There are three sentences. I will give them to you in pieces. And when you're saying them, you may not even understand them. That's okay. Mm. Because the part of you that understands is not the part of you that changes. Hmm. I'm going to use the word I, and the I in this case refers to your higher self or to the, your essence. And that's not the part of you that controls your eating. Hmm. That's not the part of you that says, I can have this and I can't have that. I won't do this. Not that part. It's another part that knows what's good for you and how to get your energy aligned. Hmm. When I, After I say the sentence, I'm going to ask you to stop and breathe and notice what's going on. You don't have to tell me about it. Just notice it. Notice any thoughts that you have, any feelings, any pictures that come up, anything that shifts and changes. Should I close my eyes? And, and am, am I repeating what you're saying or no, not at this point? You're repeating what I say in, okay. in chunks. Okay. And you can close your eyes or not. Okay. And before we start, do you have an image of you all blown up? A um, little bit, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Where is that image now? When you when you conjure it up, where is it? Is it in front of you like that? Is it somewhere out in the distance? No, I feel like it's right in the center of my skull. Okay. All right. So remember that image. And, and on a level of distress between 1 and 10, how much distress does this cause? I feel about like a, I feel 6 or 7. Okay. Okay, we'll put those things aside for now. And we'll come back to them later. Okay? You ready for the words? Yes. Okay. The words are, I retrieve all my own energy. Say that. I retrieve all my own energy. Bound up in this belief. Say bound that. Up, bound up in this belief. That I was going to balloon up. That I was going to balloon up. And I take my energy. And I take my energy. To the right place in myself. To the right place in myself. Okay, now just breathe and notice what happens. And with a client, I might do it for a long time. We'll do it for a short time. Just notice what happens. And notice what's going on in your mind and your body. Let that come. And then when you're through with it, then tell me that you're ready or open your eyes and look at me and say, okay. Okay. The next sentence is, I remove all not me energy. I remove all not me energy. Related to this belief. Related to this belief. That I'm going to balloon up. That I'm going to balloon up. I remove that energy. I remove that energy from all of my cells. From all of my cells. From all of my body. From all of my body. And my personal space. 
and my personal space. And I send it to where it truly belongs. And I send it to where it truly belongs. Okay, now stop and breathe again. Just notice again and tell me when you're ready to move on. Okay. Okay, the third sentence is, I retrieve all my energy. I retrieve all my energy. Bound up in all of my reactions. Bound up in all of my reactions. To this belief. To this belief. That I am going to balloon up. That I'm going to balloon up. And I take my energy. And I take my energy. To the right place in myself. To the right place in myself. Notice, breathe again, notice again. Okay. Okay. Now tell us what you've experienced. Um, on the first set of words, I felt a, uh, it was either a pressure or a lightness or both. It was kind of almost like, there was, you know, on an airplane where the there's pressure inside and outside and they're different. I felt that in my head. Uh, I couldn't tell you if the pressure was more on the outside or the inside, but there was, it, it felt like a depressurization. On the second set, I didn't feel much. On the third set, as we were talking, I felt nauseous as I was talking all of a sudden, as if I was going to get sick. And I'm sweating right now. Mm-hmm. I have a, it, it's almost like a cold sweat. Okay. Yeah. And when you look at that picture of you ballooning up, has it changed? You know, what's interesting is it's a picture I have. It's a physical picture I have. Mm-hmm. And when I saw it before, I was, it was zoomed in on me. Mm-hmm. I'm still in the picture, but it's now zoomed out and my family's in it, which is very mm-hmm. interesting. Uh-huh. Okay. And then my last question. Well, I've got two more. At what level does that cause you distress now? Um, I'd say it might be down to a two because everyone's smiling in the picture and it reminds me of a good time. We were on, we were on the water. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. Okay. And how strong is that belief? Well, wh- what about that belief that I'm going to balloon up? Yeah. I don't know, I guess is that is the, is the answer. I'm, I, you know, I'm trying to think about it right now. But I I almost feel like the next time I have a, I'm going to reach for (laughs) something is when it kind of gets triggered a little bit Uh that maybe I'll know then, wow, I didn't reach for it or I'm not anxious or I'm not. Um, Yeah, I do feel physical. I mean, I am really sweating right now, Uh which is very interesting. (laughs) Which means energy is moving. Yeah. What, What happens is... I've had people go, you know, feel nothing. And I've had people have violent, violent physical reactions. Hmm. Totally unpredictable. And everything in between. They cough, they sneeze, they yawn. Yawning is real common. Hmm. And it's just a sign of energy moving. And once the energy gets moving, it tends to keep on moving. And may change over the next few days. Hmm. And like any kind of work like that, drink, drinking a lot of water helps. I still feel, you know what, it's, it's, it's not nauseous. It's, it's like my neck up to my jaw, but almost like something's caught there. Okay. Uh, as, if, as if I just ate something. It's not nauseous. I don't know. It, can, it almost feels like... It's it's a noticeable change, and and I'm I mean I'm really uh, perspiring now. <laughs> um, okay, 
but yeah, it's uh, actually, as I talk, it's so, almost hard to talk. So it's caught between your neck and your jaw? Yeah, yeah. Would you like to do the next round on this? Sure. Usually I don't on a show. Okay. I retrieve all my energy. I retrieve all my energy. Bound up in what's caught between my neck and my jaw. Bound up in what's caught between my neck and my jaw. And I take my energy. And I take my energy. To the right place in myself. To the right place in myself. So you're just breathing, noticing what's going on. It's perfectly okay to take whatever time you need on this. Some people take a very long time. Some people take a short time. So as your energy moves, just keep on breathing and noticing what's going on. You don't have to think about it. Just keep noticing it till you're ready to, to move on. And when you're ready to move on, just let me know. It's okay to do it this way. Hmm. I'm ready. I, what, what was happening was, you know, I, I, I breathe through my belly, you know, uh -huh. and as I was, as the breath was rising, it was hitting the neck. And I almost describe it almost as the, when the breath returned to my belly, it was taking pieces or chunks of it down with it into my belly mm -hmm. and now it's gone okay and it, every breath kind of went up it went almost like this and attached it and brought it down right into my you know my center which is very interesting and i talk i don't feel like i'm going to either throw up or <laughs> okay. or, get, or get locked jaw or whatever i i can't describe how it was it was almost like a a heavy feeling almost where my glands were almost but now loose very loose okay ordinarily i would finish the sentences with somebody this is your show do you want to finish the sentences sure yeah we've gone this far <laughs> okay i remove all of the not me energy i remove all of the not me energy related to what was caught between my neck and my jaw related to what was caught between my neck and my jaw I remove that energy. I remove that energy from all of my cells. From all of my cells. From all of my body. From all of my body. And from my personal space. And from my personal space. And I send it to where it truly belongs. And I send it to where it truly belongs. Okay. Take your time again. And your readers and listeners are discovering much more about the full process rather than a little piece of it. Yeah, absolutely. It's okay to just breathe and notice. Whatever it is that's happening is fine. There's no right and wrong way to do this. Every way is just fine to breathe and notice what's happening. It's okay to let go. It's okay to do whatever you need to do. There's no air conditioning on in here or anything. There's nothing blowing. I felt as if a cool breeze was being blown onto me. That mm -hmm. I was very warm before. And it settled in my hands. My hands got very cold. Um... And they're not cold anymore, but I, and I'm not sweating. Well, okay. my hands are a little cold. My hands still feel a little bit cold, but the I'm not sweating anymore. I'm dry. Mm -hmm. I'm completely dry. <laughs> Bodies are fascinating. Yeah. All right. Let's do the third sentence. Sure. I retrieve all my energy. I retrieve all my energy. Bound up in all of my reactions. Bound up in all of my reactions. To what was caught between my neck and my jaw. To what was caught between my neck and my jaw. And I take my energy. And I take my energy. To the right place in myself. To the right place in myself. 
That cool feeling rose. And as my eyes were closed, it didn't get brighter in here, but it got brighter behind my eyes. Okay. Yeah. And now when you think about um, that you might balloon up, what do you think? You know, I, that picture is almost as if it's on a, it's on a TV that I can't tune into. Like it, I can't focus on the picture right now, which is very odd. It's almost like I forgot about it, but can't retrieve it. Not unusual at all. Huh? Yeah. Like, I, like the antenna isn't, isn't quite getting the signal. Mm-hmm. That means that the belief isn't there. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. And I, I really felt that energy. Yeah. Wow. Do you, do you ever have, uh, is, there a, is there a processing time afterwards? You said, you know, some people kind of react physically. Have you ever noticed like the next day, like all of a sudden they sleep? I've done some other modalities, uh, one called emotion code, where I fell asleep for like 12 hours and was just, you know, that energy moving around. <laughs> it definitely can have that effect. Yeah. When, when energy moves, your body knows what it needs. Mm-hmm. And if you let it do what it needs, then it processes it processes it more quickly wow it's a very powerful process and And if you do it yourself do you um do you have to say the words out loud uh or can you do it in your like if you're on an airplane can you do it in your your head does it work that way it it does when you're learning it it helps to say it out loud Mm -hmm. when you're learning it it helps to memorize the words and do it and even works it works even better if you can get a partner to do it with you hmm. because you have, when you're doing it yourself, you have to switch back and forth between different modalities. Mm, okay. Yeah. And, but it works. You know, I, I remember one time I had a really difficult time with a conversation with somebody and I'm an expert at communication. I teach it all the time, you know, things like that. But this one, somebody was yelling at me for no apparent reason. <laughs> Um, and I kept processing it at night. You know, well, I should have said this. I could have said this. What, what could I have done? I, and it was keeping, you know, I, I knew I wouldn't be able to sleep. <laughs> and so I did it. And as I was doing it, a picture came, old name came hmm. from 60 years earlier when I was in fifth grade and 10 years old had just moved to Chicago and there was somebody teasing me continuously. I even remembered her name. I took my energy out of that. I repeated the process like we did with you. I slept. I totally forgot about the, the man who had been so nasty to me and it just vanished. But it, the energy gets stuck and we never know where it's stuck. It, it may be stuck, you know, some two weeks ago, or it may be stuck when we were five years old. We never know what's going to turn up. Is, is it important? Do you work with your clients to find out, find that out, find the, the source, or, or not the source, where it's stuck before you do it, or is that not as important? Well, like I did with you, I, I had an impression of where it was stuck mm. when you said this belief that I was going to balloon up. Oh, right. So as we were talking about what the problem was, I knew something. And sometimes I've done it with people and I had no clue what it was. Somebody who didn't want to disclose and so took the energy out of the problem she was experiencing. And she experienced a profound transformation. So all of those things just kept surprising me hmm. and still do when I, when I do it. And of course, now we're applying logosynthesis in lots and lots of different ways. So this is just the beginning. I call it the fast food version. <laughs> well, you know, in terms of this being just the beginning, uh, I mentioned your book, Letting It Go, your website, lauriweiss.com. We're going to put links in. How do your clients work with you? Is it like you have a series of, of, or it depends on each client? Um, how do you, what do you offer in terms of your services? Well, I, I 
now offer mostly consultation. Mm. And usually whatever the problem is, we can manage it with within three sessions. Mm. Remember, I'm pretty old. <laughs> um, I, I was supposed to retire 12 years ago when I was 70. So when you're doing with you what you love right <laughs> right right so i i do consultations i do zoom consultations with people from all over the world if they feel like it wow. um, yeah and if somebody needs more help like if they come from a you know very abusive situation or something like that and there's a lot to work out i usually find them help them find another resource in your book, you actually write about someone that, that I think was in an abusive situation. You said it was going to take six months, and it took far shorter, right? It was, oh, because that, it was so powerful. That was another one that absolutely shocked me. I mean, it was a, a young woman, a 17-year-old girl, who had been just, just revealed that she had been sexually assaulted by a member of her family from the time she was five till the time she was 11. And she had never told anybody until she told a youth counselor who told her mother and wound up in my office. And I thought I could treat her in about six months. And we actually did two logosynthesis sessions. And we, we worked together for about six weeks because we were working on social things and relationships between her and her mom. But logosynthesis sessions work very much like yours did. The picture, mm -hmm. actually for her, the picture um, crumbled and she swept it up off the floor. Wow. That doesn't always happen. I hardly ever get pictures. It still works. Yeah, yeah. Well, Dr. Weiss, this was this is one of the most powerful episodes we've ever had because we actually went through the process so people could see and hear it. It was powerful for me physically. I mean, I felt it. Um, your website, lauriweiss.com. We're going to put links in all the show notes. I really want to thank you for coming on the show, sharing Logosynthesis. It's something I had never heard of and anything we can do to help spread the word about your work, about Logosynthesis. Please let me know how we can do that. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that because I think suffering is optional in so many cases, and this helps relieve that kind of suffering quickly and easily, painlessly almost. Thank you very much. LoriWeiss.com. Please go check it out. Check out her books. Thank you. Thank you.